Blog Talk Radio. Good morning. Welcome to You Are Okay with Blog Talk Radio. This is Mara. Thank you for joining me today to celebrate this moment, the eternal now. I invite you to join me in my prayer room uh, wherever you are. And I invite you to create such a room for yourself. Surround yourself with the things that give you joy in the moment, no matter what moment you are in. Go to that place and ignite within it the energy of all that you are, of every moment that you spend in that room. Fill it with love's light. Fill it with your light. And know, know that you are a valuable, unique part of all that is. That you play a role in creating a world that can be anything we envision together. Now, I will suggest to you we do not envision very much lately. We envision divisiveness and judgment. We envision bullying, pain, and suffering. We envision being right to the point where it's okay to break people, to bring them down so that they will be and think and do as we say. But that does not have to be the world that we will have for all time. We can have a world of cooperation, of celebrating our similarities and our differences, of believing in a divine being that supports our eternal selves. And if you choose to believe in a divine being, then believing in the value of yourself and the importance of your decisions to uplifting those around you by showing them who you are. By believing that all are enough and none are less than. By not segregating, by not denigrating, but by celebrating. By treasuring and by together joining your mind with all the minds in a space of goodness. That's a relative term. In a space of caring behavior one for the other. In a space where you love yourself. And because you love yourself and you know you are valuable and important, you treat others with respect. You don't hear them as personalizing their comments to you, but instead listen to their comments for what they're saying about their life circumstance. You don't feel yourself judged because you know there is nothing within you to judge in this moment. You are fresh. And if you made choices in the past that warranted your being looked upon because they were unloving, uncaring, know that now is a new moment. We begin anew every minute. And whomever we may have been a moment ago, does not need to be who we are now unless we make that choice. Welcome. Today in my prayer room, I have a piece of incense burning because I love the fragrance. It reminds me of my connection with all that is. I have around me some chimes, generally not accessible when I'm doing the program without moving things around a bit, but I have chimes. I have a bamboo tree because that makes me happy. I have many, many visual images of Buddha because Buddha reminds me to stay in the moment. And today we'll be talking about Buddha not as a god because Buddha is not a god. Buddha is a philosopher. Buddha recognized that when he was there facing a pond and all of pond, P-O-N-D, and all of Images came up at him, all of the life's temptations to take him away from a place of peace in the moment. He realized their transitory nature. 
that they would be there only for a fleeting moment and they would be gone and he would remain. And it was his choice to give up his peace or not give up his peace. That is a huge, huge discussion. And I know it is being done by some people who are far brighter than I. And it is being done on a global basis. And people are having large audiences to talk about choosing. And I am here simply as a regular person, just like you, sharing the joy of your joining with me to celebrate now feeling the wonder and joy of your energy around me throughout the week and and forever as we unite our minds and our thoughts in celebration of now. So with that said, we are going to be again doing a Niles Be Still Thy Soul. And we are going to focus on this concept today. It is from Buddha. Each morning we are born again. It is what we do today that matters most. I'm going to say it again, and I'd like you to think. Today, what choices are ahead of you that can bring you to a place of peace and loving others? It doesn't have to be a grand scheme, and it doesn't have to take you away from the football game if that's what you were going to watch, or any portion of the inaugural celebrations if that's what you were going to watch, or any news event or any television program. It's a way of floating through the day aware of the moment that you are in. It's a way of looking around you when you feel your peace starting to slip away. And you feel yourself starting to step into the chaos of life. It's it's actually a knowing decision. I don't want to go there. I don't want to do this. I don't want to be a part of this dialogue. And then separating yourself from the dialogue without judging those who do want to be there, who do want to do this who do want to be a part of the dialogue. Not something we've really been trained for, but something that is definitely within you. The power to focus on now. So before we begin this process, before I even talk to you about breathing, for just a moment, please, I would like you to pull in breath. And as you're pulling that breath in, look around you. And if you're driving your vehicle or you're in an airport or something, then look around you for something in that space that catches your attention, that pulls you out of the anomie, the anonymousness of the moment, the lack of commitment, the lack of involvement in the moment, into the moment. One time for me, it was a broken china cup. I just could not throw that china cup away. It was so beautiful to me, even broken. Because perfection does not just come in a being that in all ways satisfies some norm. But it exists in the eye of the beholder. Pulling in your breath as though your nose is in the soles of your feet and allowing your eyes to move about to see the beauty around you. Just allowing that to happen. I'm looking out now and I'm seeing the sun has come up to the top of the tree, which means that it's it's basically shining down toward me. And it is creating kind of that effervescent quality, that living energy view that comes when you can see sun rays. I see the incense 
dancing an undulating dance of smoke. And as I see these things, I am breathing in deeply. I am pulling my breath up the front of my calves, up my thighs, crossing my buttocks to my spine. And there at the base chakra, I am letting go of fear. And I am pulling a fearless breath up into the sacral chakra, the zone of creativity, pardon me. And I am taking the energy, that creative energy, and imbuing, I'm infusing my breath with that. So now my breath is infused with fearlessness, with creativity, as it moves up to the solar plexus, the zone of healing. And I'm going to pause there with this breath that I keep sipping in and not blowing out. And I'm going to allow that breath to now infuse my body with the beautiful yellow energy of healing that is within me, the ability within me to heal myself emotionally, physically, to pull myself into the moment a healthy being, to accept the limitations of my physical body, but nonetheless be healthy in this moment. Now I'm going to pull that in breath that is infused with fearlessness, creativity, healing, and I'm going to pull it up to my heart. And I'm going to push back my shoulders and open my heart and allow my heart to send love to all that is. Excuse me. Having just a little breathing issue today. It's the weather. But anyway, I'm sending my love to all that is, to each of you who are listening, to each of you who may listen someday, to those who scorn me, to no one who's listening ever, to everyone, I send my love. Now I'm pulling this breath that is infused with fearless, creative, healing, loving energy up to my throat chakra. And that is the zone of harsh words. And I believe from the beginning of time to today, they are the place where wars begin. Excuse me, I'm going to have to cough. That is the place where war begins, where hardship begins in families, where fights begin, where judgments begin, right there in our words. And I'm going to forgive myself and invite you to forgive yourself for harsh words. And I'm also going to forgive those who have used harsh words against me. So I call this voice chakra the zone of kind, loving behavior, words, and forgiveness. It can be any or all of those. So now the breath that is infused with lack of fear, with letting go of fear, fearlessness, creativity, healing, loving, forgiving, kind words, I pull up into the zone of manifestation. And as you pull your breath into that third eye, that spot in the middle of your forehead, know that you are valuable. You are valuable. You can make a difference. It may take one act only to change all that is. Sit there for a moment and see the beauty of you around you. See your soul spark igniting the room within which you are, the car, the airport. For a moment you are at a place of peace. Focus solely on yourself and being a part of all that is. And relax and breathe the energy of that place into you. And now pull all of your breath, fearless, creative, healing, loving, forgiving, manifesting breath. That breath that recognizes the wonder of you up and allow your mind to expand and let your breath join with the breath of God. Knowing that you are uniquely created, divinely inspired. Bye.
all that is. Now, breathing out. Allow your breath to completely leave your body, to completely leave, so that you become, your lungs become like a balloon where all of the air has been pushed out. Keep blowing it out. And if you feel comfortable, say "Um" or amen. And allow your mind to focus on your beauty. I am a lovely soul. And as you begin to do this, practice of breathing in and out to be still thy soul, please keep in mind that today you are born again. It is what you do today that matters most. back 
into our own nature, our loving nature, on a regular basis. That it wasn't something we reserved for moments like this, but instead was something that we did as a constant part of our life. That when we would feel ourselves starting to lose our internal peace, when we would feel ourselves starting to get pulled into the chaos, when we would hear ourselves using words that are less than loving words, we would step back and stop ourselves and not give energy to that human construct that we have to be constantly, continuously struggling to be king or queen of the hill. And the only way that we can accomplish that is for us to take down those around us. Now, I've seen that culture in its purest form and have worked in that culture as I've grown through life. And I am not the same person today that I was then. And today, I wish that I had learned, I had learned, maybe had the tools would be a better word. The tools not to engage in that conduct then. Not to put my career at such a place that I would climb my high hills getting into the eyes of the people I was climbing on to build my reputation, to hear good words about me and what I do to make money. Even though those words may necessarily have been a poor reflection in the person that I strove to represent and be. And and somehow in my mind, uh, I did that by acting as though there were, you know, there was this job world and there was this personal world. And I dare to suggest to you we need to blend those worlds We have to be one common person. How do we know who we are if we have this one side that people see the majority of the time and then when we're not wearing that mask, when we're not guided by that behavior, we have another side? That makes it very, very difficult to pull ourselves to a place where we are content and happy. where we feel valued because we are not one being. We are multiple beings depending upon what we perceive the moment and the people around us want us to be. And is there any way that we can demonstrate our best selves, any way that we can be a source of life at all times, sort of light? They're definitely a source of life, a source of light at all times. I dare to suggest to you that that place comes when we pull ourselves together into a love of ourselves. When we believe that we have value in being a one-dimension being, In one dimension, I don't mean that we're boring. I don't mean that we're static. I don't mean that we never change and we never laugh. We simply reflect one common appearance all times. I kind of looked the other day because I, I, I cruise the Internet just like everybody else, and I saw this image. And they were showing how some of these uh, celebrities, uh, how they, they have a, a look 
And if you look at these pictures, you will see they do. They may be wearing different clothes, but in all instances, their body is held in precisely the same position. So somebody has gone and, and spent quite a bit of money, I'm sure, to help them understand the precise angle that they should hold their body to look the way they want to look. And they look that way every time. There's no variation in it. Uh, maybe if you catch a picture of them walking, but if you get a static picture that's on the red carpet, is is on the street in New York City, wherever it is, they do what we hear little kids do uh, all the time. They strike a pose. And so what happens is, is when we got, get caught up in that pose, that that one dimension, then we're not being ourselves either. We're taking away the fluidity of life. I'm talking about embracing the totality of who you are. Sometimes you're happy, sometimes you're not. Sometimes you smile, sometimes you don't. But at its core, you are always kind. At your core, you are always loving. And what does that mean? That means you have to select words actions, deeds that reflect your core, who you are, rather than being caught up in the pose, being what I once heard called a poser. Because we are many times in in our jobs, we are posers. And I have decided that's not how I want to do my job. I want to do my job as the being that I am. And I get unhappy with myself. I get this feeling in my gut. I get off balance when I hear myself saying the aggressive kinds of things. And I just need to pull myself to a place of balance and stay there. I do not have to accomplish my goals or my clients' goals by being an aggressive being. It may be what I needed to do in my mind in order to stand out in a world that was dominated by extreme aggression, but I think I can stand out being just who I am to the extent I need to stand out at all. And that means being true to yourself in the moment. At its core, at its core, the moment is a reflection of who you are right now. And if you don't like that being, you're welcome to say, well, that's who I was, but that is not who I am now. So why Buddha? Why would people be pulled to Buddhism? I can't speak to that uh, as to why others would be pulled to images of Buddha. I don't consider myself any religion anymore. Pardon me. But I do have... And I don't consider myself a devotee of any philosophy anymore. If I was to select a master that had the most profound influence on my thinking, it would be uh, Paramahansa Yogananda. For those of you who have ever read the autobiography of a yogi, it was through that book, through that experience, that I began pulling together my being into one whole now, granted, at times, that whole is not exactly the most secure being. I will tell you, it's, uh, it's, it's hard to love yourself when you are being berated continually. But if you have put yourself into a situation where you are being berated continually, you have to ask yourself, why do you believe you need to be there? What recognition are you looking for? And so many times it's vindication.
you're expecting someone to come on a white white horse, a prince or a princess, and to rescue you from that moment and pull you into your true destiny, which is happy. The thing is, your true destiny is you. You are the one who will bring yourself into a place of happiness. Your true, your true destiny can be found only within you. Your happiness is within you. And I suggest to you, it is within you when you recognize that no moment continues on forever and that every moment provides a platform into the next moment and a stage for you to show your highest self, your grandest vision of you, your kindest, gentlest words, your most thoughtful deeds, stepping back and allowing glory to go to others. It is in those moments that your true nature begins to materialize and take over. And soon you let go of the images that society has told you create value and worth. And you begin to look for the images that internally, intuitively, you recognize create value and worth. You stop judging yourself and you start living in love. You start allowing yourself to be fallible and realize that perfection is unattainable, but love can be a constant in your life. Then the source of life that you are shines through. Now, is everybody going to recognize and see it? No. No, because everybody has their own issues to deal with what they think is going on, and everybody is not in touch with the light within them. And a lot of people are really, really marching to the societal drums of what you're supposed to be and say and do in order to be enough, in order to be accepted, in order to be recognized. not content to be in the background if that's where their peace is. Not content to always reaching for the most loving thing. Well, let me take that always back because none of us always reach for the most loving thing. We cannot. So, We all are going to be imperfect beings. We're all going to have moments when we step off the peace train, every one of us. But the reality is, my friends, if you can learn to feel what peace feels like, you will remember where you left it. You will remember to go to that place where you have left your positive energy, to do those things in that place that ignite within you a love of yourself and of others, and to be a part of all that is. You will remember to lift out your right hand or your left hand and take the hand of God that is with you all the time. All that is is always there. There is nothing that you can do that will result in your being rejected by all that is. There is not.
And living in the moment means embracing now. And as we move forward today, I'm going to have us spend a few minutes in meditation. But before we do, I'm going to do something that's kind of tried and true for me. I've done this before, and it works. And I'm going to read for you about the present. And I'm going to read it to you from a book called The Shack, Where Tragedy Confronts Eternity. Excuse me. Be eternal now. That's what we're talking about today, is this is it, folks. Where you are right now, how you are feeling right now, this is it for now. And in the next minute, you get to redefine that. You are writing the script of life. You are writing your script. So let us, for a moment, I'm going to play background music behind me, and I will increase the sound of it, pardon me, as we move forward. But I'm going to try, I'm hopeful that it will be the right sound. Catherine Toyama's Open Your Heart. It's very short. It's only three minutes and 55 seconds. And for that three minutes and 55 seconds, I'm going to read you a passage from the shack that talks about the present of the moment. It is no accident. We call it a present. It is no accident that the challenge of life is to remember to open the beauty and wonder of the present. That is the struggle the eternal struggle to stay in the moment, make wise decisions in the moment, and when you do not forgive yourself because you are valuable, love yourself and take your loving self into the next moment. Catherine Toyama's Open Your Heart. Hopefully it will be some noise. Since we have a new uh, studios, I'm not so sure. So this is a story about a man who had the tragedy that his his family lost a child. And we talked a bit about that tragedy last week because, frankly, I'm trying to get this music to a place. There's probably, there's no tragedy as great as that. And his child was stolen. And so he was left to his imagination about the terrible things that could occur to his child and did occur to his child. And he didn't even have her body to bury and and give honor to. And he went to a cabin in the woods. And at that cabin there were beings there that he came to believe were God. And this is a true story. And he is using the word Jesus, and I'm going to say love in place of Jesus because my program isn't just for those who believe that they are loved because of Jesus. It is for everyone because everyone is loved because of whom they are and the potential they have to rise up in the image of love that Jesus showed. So, Mac was being challenged to walk on water, and he wouldn't. The water lapped only about a foot below where he stood, but it might as well have been 100 feet. The distance looked enormous. To dive in would have been easy. He, was, he had done that a thousand times, but how do you step off of a dock onto the water? Do you jump as if you're landing on concrete, or do you step over the edge like you are getting out of a boat? He looked back, back at Jesus, who was chuckling. 
Peter had the same problem, how to get out of the boat. It's just stepping off a one-foot-high stair, nothing to it. Will my feet get wet, asked queried Mac. Of course, water is still wet. Again, Matt looked down at the water and back at Jesus. Then why is this so hard for me? Well, tell me what you're afraid of, Mac. Well, let me see. What am I afraid of? Because, Mac, well, I'm afraid of looking like an idiot. I'm afraid that you're making fun of me and that I will sink like a rock. I imagine that. Exactly, love interrupted. You imagine. Such a powerful ability, the imagination. That power alone makes you so like us, but without wisdom, imagination is a cruel taskmaster. If I may prove my case, do you think humans were designed to live in the present or in the past or the future? Well, said Mac, hesitating, I think the most obvious answer is that we were designed to live in the present. Is that wrong? Love chuckled. Relax, Max. This is not a test. It's a conversation. You are exactly correct, by the way. But now tell me, where do you spend most of your time? In your mind, in your imagination, in the past, in the present, or in the future? Max thought for a moment before answering. I suppose I would have to say that I spend very little time in the present. For me, I spend a big piece in the past, but most of the rest of the time I am trying to figure out the future. Not unlike most people. When I dwell with you, I do so in the present. I live in the present. Not the past, although much can be remembered and learned by looking back. But only for a visit, not an extended stay. And for sure, I do not dwell in the future you visualize or imagine. Mac, do you realize that your imagination of the future, which is almost always dictated by fear of some kind, rarely, if ever, pictures me there with you? Again, Mac stopped and thought it was true. He spent a lot of time fretting and worrying about the future. And in his imagination, it was usually pretty gloomy and depressing, if not outright horrible. And love was also correct in saying that in Mac's imagination of the future, love was always absent. This is not written, but it's you doing it alone. And that's not necessary. And Mac asked, why do I do that? It is your desperate attempt to get some control over something you can't. It is impossible for you to take power over the future because it isn't even real, nor will it ever be real. You try and play God, imagining the evil that you fear becoming reality, and then you try and make plans and contingencies to avoid what you fear. Yeah, that's basically what love was saying, responded Mac. So why do I have so much fear in my life? Because you don't believe. You don't know that we love you. The person who lives by their fears will not find freedom in my love. I am not talking about rational fears regarding legitimate dangers, like a car coming straight at you folks, but imagine fears, and especially the projection of those fears into the future. To the degree that those fears have a place in your life, you neither believe I am good, nor know deep in your heart that I love you. You sing about it, you talk about it, but you don't know it. You don't know it. We spend so much time rehashing, myself included, things that have happened and lose track 
of the simple reality that they are done. We cannot change them. And in focusing on them, we are focusing away from all that is, from all that can be, and all that we are. That is why I chose to use Catherine Toyama's Open Your Heart as the background for this reading. Open your heart and believe in the wonder of you. Know that you are enough and that you are valuable. Let go of the past which is done and cannot be changed. Brush it off of you, even if it is a heavy, heavy burden. Brush it off. Brush it off even if you were not your highest self. And invite yourself into the present as the loving, caring being that you are. There is a wonderful book, I use my book day, called The Four Agreements. And the agreements are very basic and they give guidance to being your true self in the moment. The book is written by Don Miguel Reese. And although I've read the the book or most of it, uh, you can get the four agreements on the front uh, book flap and they say it all. It begins with the idea that we suffer from a concept that everyone else is thinking the way we are thinking. And the reality, my friends, is no one is thinking exactly as we are thinking. Because this planet is composed of billions of unique beings, all of whom have experienced life differently and have interpreted each life experience based on their experiences, not yours. So we may have some generalized knowledge, like a recognition that we are, um, it would it be wonderful if we had generalized knowledge, recognition that we were loved universally by God, by love. We could have that. We could have that, men. We don't, but we could. And could you imagine a world in which everyone knew fundamentally that they were loved and that this is a journey to show that love of themselves by respecting others the way they want to be respected, by treating others the way they wanted to be treated, by using words they want to hear in a circumstance if they were in that circumstance. What an uplifting idea to reaching out to be all that they can be in each moment in kindness, in love. We could probably start stockpiling our weapons because we would suddenly start seeing people not all as potentially after us which, by the way, is kind of frightening because there's an element of truth in it. We have to undercut that truth in order to get to a place of change. Daring to dance the dance of life in love. So what does John Miguel Reese say? He says, be impeccable with your word. Speak with integrity. Say only what you mean. Avoid using the word to speak against yourself or to gossip about others. Use the power of your word in the direction of truth and love. 
Don't take anything personally. Ooh, huge, 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 huge. Don't take anything personally. Nothing others do is because of you. How many times do we take slights and allow them to completely destroy a beautiful moment? Perceived slights. What others say and do is a projection of their own reality, their own dream. When you are immune to the opinions and actions of others, you won't be the victim of needless suffering. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions. Find the courage to ask questions and to express what you really want. Communicate with others as clearly as you can to avoid misunderstandings, sadness, and drama. With just this one agreement, you can completely transform your life. Don't make assumptions. Always do your best. Your best is going to change from moment to moment. It will be different when you are healthy as opposed to sick. Unless uh, under any circumstance, simply do your best. And you will avoid self-judgment, self-abuse, and regret. Always do your best. And I promise you that if you come to love you, you will find a blending of your life and all the roles you live in your life into one being. You will wake up in the morning and you will be able to go forth and be that being all day long. And when you come home at night, you will be that being with your family and with your children. And you will be meeting life's goals without having to step into different poser positions. You will be a multidimensional one-dimension being, the one-dimension being true to yourself. And you will know that you have done your personal best. And when those moments fall and those moments come, because they will come, upon you where you step into the chaos of life and you lose your peace and you become just as chaotic, just as judgmental, just as much in the past, just as much clinging to everything and looking for future solutions and completely miss the moment you're in, you will recognize it. And you may spend a day there, you may spend a few hours there, but you at some point can say to yourself, what lesson is there in this for me? I do not want to live this anymore. And you can go back to your peace because believe me, as Buddha recognized, when the faces come up out of the pond, it is transitory. What is eternal is your peace. You are an eternal being in a transitory body, in a transitory form, facing a world that has a huge, grounded in fear, which at its core says you are not enough. And you are. You are. And when you feel alone, you are enough to simply reach out your hand and put your hand in the hand of God who is there with you always. I was raised as a Christian, and I find so many fundamental truths in the songs that I heard. Put your hand in the hand of the man that stilled the water. Put your hand in the hand of the man that calmed the sea. Take a look at yourself so you can look at others differently by putting your hand in the hand of God. 
for all to see. Now we know the song is different, but in the song, it tends to cut out a segment of society. It tends to ignore those whose hands may be in the hand of Muhammad or those whose hand may be resting on the head of Buddha or those whose hands may be involved in gods from Hindu times in the hand of those who just know that all is connected and recognize all that is. We don't need to exclude anyone. We need to begin to see our similarities one to the other and to treat each other with respect and love, which begins with treating ourselves with love. When asked what the two most important commandments were, Jesus said, love God with your heart, your mind, and your soul, and love others as you love yourself, not more than yourself, not less than yourself, as you love yourself. Mohammed said something very similar. Buddha reminds us of a similar message. Those who practice Hinduism study the same message. It's an eternal message that spreads through every religion, every philosophy, every philosophy and religion. Love others as you love yourself. In order to pull yourself into the eternal moment, today and for all time, my friends, it starts with realizing how valuable and special you are. For that reason, I've got just enough time to play Anayos Be Still Thy Soul And I want you to listen to this song this time with the realization that it's a song about you and your importance to the universe. It will take us out of the program today. And until next Sunday, which will be at 8.30, know that I love you.
Namaste. Until next week, uh, a half an hour earlier, 8.30 Pacific Standard Time. Peace be with each of you and know that you are loved.